Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2020 Mayacoba Classic from El Camilion Golf Club in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. DB here, me and Pat are going to break down all the action. We're going to talk about our DFS picks, our DFS cash plays and faiths. We're going to talk about our sportsbook plays, some outrights and some top 20s that we're liking as of Monday night, what it's going to take to play well at El Camilion. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk a little bit about Greg Norman's uh, news that he's made and give you a heads up of what you can expect between now and the rest of 2020 as this is our final tournament preview of 2020. Um, So yeah, you're going to want to check that out. Presented to you, as always, by our friends at FantasyNational.com slash TJ. Fantasy National is where we go to get all of our stats, PGA Tour information, data, uh, lineup optimizers, betting info, course history, recent form, all the stats. Everything you need is at FantasyNational.com slash TJ. And when you sign up, if you tell them you heard about it through Tour Junkies, or you sign up using that link, you get 20% off any membership level that you choose, weekly, monthly, or annually. So you could try it out this week for the Mayakoba. And then if you love it, great. You can kick it up to a month or a year, and you still get the 20% off discount. So check out FantasyNational.com slash TJ for more information. For now, let's get to the Mayakoba 2020. What's going on, golf addicts? The Tour Junkies back at it for the Mayakoba Golf Classic in lovely Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I'm David Barnett, your host. Playa. i got Pat Perry with me. What? Playa? Playa. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's Playa, man. Playa del Carmen. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, Playa, that Playa del Carmen. Yes. Um... Hey, man, good to see you. We've had a, a brief hiatus of uh, one week without a PGA mm-hmm. Tour event. This is the last tournament preview of 2020 that we will be doing. I'm excited about it. It's a good field. It's the strongest field we've ever seen at Mayakoba. Shout out and thank you to all those watching live on YouTube right now. Appreciate you being part of the show. And if you're just listening in general at this point, Cheers to you. Uh, I will toast my wild leap and cranberry to you. Mm. So thank you. Got a little beer today. A little golden mm. ale. Nice. Nice. Um, you know, when we last left you for the RSM Classic, oh, man, what an RSM Classic. I, you know, I talked up kids on the podcast. I wrote him up at 45 to 1 in the betting card. He was five shots behind going into Sunday. I tweet him. I say, we need a who lit the kids kind of round uh, tomorrow to, to catch Robert Streb. What does he do? He does just that. He catches Robert Streb. He gets to the playoff with Robert Streb, and Robert Streb beats him. Um, Streb wins at like three or 400 to one, probably, outright. Long kids shot season now continues. 0 and 5 in playoffs. Kids but he now gets beat. I mean, it's not like he does anything to beat himself. He just gets – absolutely yeah. beat in playoffs anyway lost yeah. every time to a birdie um very sad very very sad a lot of stuff's happened though you know a lot of stuff's happened in just the one week hope everybody had a wonderful thanksgiving you know hope hope you all had a great thanksgiving you were safe and uh you enjoyed your time with your family pat uh, our buddy josh kistler says that you look richer since thanksgiving you look you look more wealthy well i mean you are you mm-hmm. had you hit a bit you hit a nice little uh you turned three dollars into like twenty five hundred on an NFL showdown last night. So, so you are a little richer. Yeah, that you, was you, do fun. Look, you do look wealthy right now. Look very wealthy. Not <laughs> healthy, that. but wealthy. I'm a little bit uh, happier today. That's for sure. Uh, that was fun. The showdown stuff on the NFL is pretty cool. I feel like I, I have. I, I'm not like even in some of those bigger tournaments. Like I feel like you just. It's so random that the 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 guns and the sharks out there just just can't really, you know, have too much of an edge over you. Mm. They they if can, I, but it, if I were a representation of my uh, NFL DraftKings abilities, I would look like a vagabond, like a just a wrecked alcoholic vagabond that was like I looked like I was seventy, but really I was like twenty four. Um, 
that's what I would look like. So I stay away from the NFL DFS, uh, but we're not going to turn this into an NFL DFS podcast. No, but we're not. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, enjoyed it. Um, you know, a lot of stuff's happened. Like I said, you had uh, John Rahm announced that he and his lovely wife Kelly are pregnant with their first child. They didn't. They didn't take any time with that. Took no time getting uh, getting Miss Kelly knocked up. Mm-hmm. Good for Rom. I can imagine that was that was a lot of fun for him. Um, so yeah, Rom's <laughs> gonna have a little baby Rombo coming next next year, probably uh, near the end of the season. That'll be interesting to see how uh, how that goes. Um, we got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming. Even though this is our last tournament preview podcast, we do have a couple of interviews on the hook. One of which we've already done, and it will be released later this week. So be on the lookout for Danny Woodhead. And if you're like Danny Woodhead, why are we interviewing Danny Woodhead? He's not a golfer. Well, he is a former All Pro uh, Super Bowl appearance with the Patriots, uh, NFL running back, Mr. Danny Woodhead absolutely wonderful human being total fire of an interview probably top three favorite all-time interview we've ever done for me really enjoyed it he was a lot of fun we had a a lot of great conversation but he's a total golf nut absolute golf nut great golfer himself uh, consumes a ton of golf he's a golf addict through and through so that drops this week be sure and check that out it's gonna be a lot of fun you know, I think we're supposed to get – we're going to have kids on the show here pretty soon. We haven't had kids in a while. So we talked to kids after the RSM loss, which was painful for him as well. Uh, he apologized for not hitting my outright ticket, uh, which I appreciate. Um, we're going to have kids on. We've got a couple others loaded up that should be really nice. So keep an eye out on the podcast channels or YouTube channels, wherever you consume us here, Tour Junkies. Keep an eye out because it's going to keep coming. Oh, yeah. Also, mm, probably in the next couple of mm, – I hope like in the next week to 10 days or less, we will give you guys an opportunity to pre-order what I believe will be one of the most badass pieces of merch to ever come out of the TJ shop. That's just, that's just me. I don't know if I'm going to – if I think if I know what you, or if think I know what you're talking about, I'm I don't so know if excited. I'm be all on board with this, but I'm um, so excited. We've been talking about long shot season, right? We've been talking about long shot season. Okay, yeah, I didn't know for for months. You know, the fall swing, right? That's September to December. This is long. This is money making season, baby. This is long shot season, and um, a little pet project of mine that I've really included none of Pat whatsoever is coming up with some long shot season merch and uh we have a we have a jacket that's going to come out our first jacket we've never had a jacket before but we have a jacket that's going to come out that is freaking fire so um i'm excited if you about say it so. i'm excited about it i don't care if, if i'm the only one i, I don't care um it's it's just going to be it's just going to be amazing i'm super pumped about it so be on the lookout for that too. Uh, I think that's it, man. I mean, there's obviously the large piece of news that we will get into as we transition into previewing this golf course. But uh, I think that's all I got in terms of announcements. You got anything else? No, I don't. Um, I don't know what to say about the jacket. I guess we'll see if anyone else besides you likes it. But yeah. It can't be worse than my Patrick Reed t-shirt. So I, for that reason, I know yeah. I can't, it can't be worse. It literally can't be worse. Um, yeah. I'm pretty pumped about it. By the way, if anybody wants a Patrick Reed Tiger Woods t-shirt, please go, go on and order it. It's probably on sale on the site. Yeah, and like I would like that. I've been cleaning up the, the whole bonus room up here and you know, I'd like to get rid of some of those. Um, okay. You know, maybe, well, maybe buy like uh, 20 of them and, and give them out to some people in need. This Maybe we'll send them, whoever orders a jacket, we'll throw in a Patrick Reed t-shirt. That's you know a good I mean? idea. I like that. Um, okay. Well, the, the, the I would say the largest piece of news, um, really, that, that carried the most, the most weight, the most, most girth, maybe, in the golf world, since we've last been on the podcast airwaves um, came from none other than this week's course designer at El mm. Camillion. Uh, That's way to, way to connect the two here. Looked to be hiding 
a you know four foot El Chameleon in his swim shorts, and that would be course designer Mr. Greg Norman, um, whose enormous hog got quite the play on social media. Thanks to us, we really got it started. We we really you know the viral tweet, semi-viral. It was semi. Um, was a lot of fun. If you've not seen the picture, you can head to our Instagram or Twitter uh, and check that out or a lot of other people's Instagram and Twitter and check that out. But apparently Greg Norman, not just rich, not just has his own wine and private jets and Australian accent and, you know, a six pack and muscles everywhere to be 70s, however old he is, uh, but also rocking quite the lumber um, that was put on display in this picture that I think he had staged. And then he decided to, to, somebody decided to share. I think he, I think he shared it. I don't know. I don't know who shared it actually. We shared yeah, it first. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, um, wow. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting that, um, to be yeah, so, a, a hit so on Thanksgiving week. Take that and run with it into your course breakdown. However you, what, any other comments you want to, Third leg. Greg I think. Well. Speaking of comments, the best thing to do is go to the tweet and read all the comments because they're mm -hmm. freaking hilarious. Some of the stuff that, that people true. came up with is is just fantastic. I mean, um, what was the one about like now we know like or somebody else was choking besides him all these years or something like that? <laughs> like I can't remember what it was, but yes, it was pretty um, yeah. Some of the best comments. What was one of the ones? Um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff about choking. There was some funny ones about the dog because the dog in the photo is I and the I and the 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 log there. Um, I, I laughed. I don't know why I thought this was funny. I, it was on the beach, and somebody said, uh, "Does anybody know the fine for removing a piece of driftwood from the Hobie Sound and taking it with you?" I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, there was a lot, lot of good ones in there. There's a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. Well, you know, you would think with some somebody like him with uh, some length and a lot of girth there that um, he would create a, a you know pretty lengthy and and girthy big golf course. But we don't have that this week at El Chameleon. <laughs> we have a fairly short golf course playing at is a par seventy one, just under seven thousand yards. Looks like we're going to have, I think, about 156 players. So a full field event this week. Top 65 and ties will make the cut. Uh, the grass surface is key this week. We have paspalum from tee to green. So not something we typically see week in and week out on tour. Uh, you see it at the Puerto Rico Open. We've seen it at Corrales. So those are two courses that, you know, as far as the grass surface could be comparable. Um, but there's a decent amount of trouble off the tee here. I mean, the fairways aren't that narrow, but you still got to be pretty accurate off the tee. You can't get it into trouble. There's a lot of like, like long, windy, um, I don't know what you'd call them, like tributaries that kind of run throughout the golf course. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's surrounded by jungle and mangrove forest. So there, there could be some trouble off the tee here. So I don't always think, you know, driving accuracy is key, but it is something I'm going to look at this week. Um, you got pretty large greens as well. Um, they're easy to hit, so there's nothing really too difficult there. Um, we've seen, though, ball striking really be kind of a key stat uh, on this course the last few years. And you got to score, and you got to score a ton. Um, so I'm definitely going to look at the scoring stats, opportunities gained on Fantasy National, uh, birdie or better percentage, I think are going to be important. Um, you know, a course like this, we always think of wind as being somewhat of a factor, and it is. But these guys have still scored even when it was windy. I mean, like Patton Kazire on the weekend when he won at 19 under, it was pretty windy, but he, he still scored. Um, right now, though, I think conditions are going to be pretty soft. We're supposed to get some rain uh, today and tomorrow, and I think we're going to get some rain uh, you know, into the when the tournament starts, which could cause some delays and things like that. But I don't think the wind is going to be that much of a factor. So it's going to be a soft course, light winds, as long as you know. last year, too. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be... It's rather flaccid conditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to tie in another Greg Norman joke there, but I couldn't think of anything. Well, basically, every time you described anything on the course, I immediately thought of Greg Norman's Johnson. You said long yeah. and windy, you know. Mm. Um, but for stats, always looking at form and history. I like strokes gained approach. I mentioned driving accuracy and ball striking. 
and again, the scoring stats. Your past champions here, Brendan Todd last year, winning back-to-back after he won at Bermuda, he won at Mayakoba. I think that was back-to-back, wasn't it? Um, it was, yeah. You had Kuchar in 2018 and the famous um, El Toucan, El Toucan Stiff the Caddy event. Patton Kazire mentioned him in 2017, Pat Perez in 2016, and then Graham McDowell in 2015. A little trend there you might notice. None of those guys are right, like known to be that long off the tee. Maybe, maybe Kazire. I don't know, but not so, really. I mean, not, a couple other players in the field who also won right before GMAC was Charlie Hoffman and Harris English have also Harris won English, the golf tournament. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. Past Palum, that's a big thing to note. You know, different green surfaces here. We've got a couple caddies on site. We've got a couple players on site we know. We'll try to get some information in the Nut Hut on Wednesday night for the chat, um, you know, in terms of how those things are rolling or, or what our folks think of think of those greens. I'm sure we'll get some good feedback there on uh, on the past Palum. I have notes from 2019's uh, Mayakoba, and my notes say this. Uh, I really, really stressed accuracy and putting. In fact, I wrote accuracy was huge, like Greg Norman's hog. I didn't write the second part, but I said accuracy was huge. I don't think huge. you wrote that second part. Yeah, yeah. Um, accuracy and putting, I, I underlined a lot. So, um, you know, I do think this is a very, you know, a very demanding course in terms of being in the proper, on the proper sides of the fairway. The fairways are wide, like yeah. you mentioned. But if you go back and look at some of the things these players have said in, in years past, a lot of them talk about being on the proper side of the fairways, mm -hmm. having the proper angles into these greens. They are big greens, but you, you still want to be on the proper tier, give yourself plenty of birdie looks. As Pat mentioned, a ton of low scoring here. You know, this thing could easily get to 20 under, 22 under, 23 under. You know, this is even a stronger, much stronger field than we've uh, than we've ever seen at Mayakoba yeah. with Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka. The, the top end of this field is really good. Now, when you look, you said putting, you know. I did say putting. What would you look at there? Because I don't necessarily think you could. You, you need to go back and yeah. look at pass and putting. I don't think I, don't, I would do I don't, that. I don't have that data. There's not enough really here. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some, you mentioned the, the courses, Corrales, Bermuda, all that, that you can compare it to. But, but there's, not, there's still not going to be a lot of sample size. I think you just need to think through good putters in general. I mean, if you look at Brennan Todd, Matt Kuchar, Pat and Kazire for sure, probably not Pat Perez, but Graham McDowell, um, uh, Harris English maybe even, all really, really good putters, like known to be great putters. So I think just good putters in general is what to look at. But ultimately, from a ball striking standpoint, I'm looking at accuracy off the tee, fairways gained as it pertains to the stat on Fantasy National. And um, I'm looking at greens and regulation. I'm looking at stroke seen approach. Birdie or better, because you got to be able to go low and score here. Um, so that that's really the keys for, for me. Um, you know, got to pay attention to the weather, see if the wind is going to be kicking up a little bit. I, I still don't know that that changes a ton. Um, the but, only thing I think that that would matter a ton for me would be if I'm looking at like some first round leader bets or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Pat, I got, we got a new, we got a new uh, partner that we want to tell the people about called Otis Wealth. Okay. Very interesting here. Very interesting. Otis Wealth, new podcast sponsor. I had a bulldog named Otis. So anything named Otis, I, I love the Otis elevators. You because have a soft spot for Otis's? I have a very soft spot for anything Otis related because Otis was the best dog I ever had. RIP lived 11 years. He was my boy, had him since like six weeks old. He was a great dog. Um, so anything Otis related, I'm a big fan of. Who, what, was there a particular Otis that he was named after? Um, was yes. he named after Otis, the, the brave, the Atlanta brave? He was Otis Nixon. Because Otis Nixon. When we, when we got him, yes. his face was like super wrinkly and smushed. And I always said Otis Nixon looked like, you know, just he looked really old and weathered this despite well, I think there were some various factors that led to some of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, he was okay. named after Otis Nixon. But anyway, that's not what Otis Wealth is named after, I'm pretty sure. Um so anyway, but imagine if you were able to buy a partial like partial ownership maybe of a LeBron James rookie card or a Tom Brady rookie card. 
So Otis is an investment platform that makes it possible for almost anyone to invest in shares of cultural assets from contemporary art to rare collectibles, sports cards, memorabilia, sneakers, comics, and more. Here's how it works. You download the app, you sign up for free. New assets are dropped in the app weekly for you to buy shares in, and you can also buy shares of past drops from current Otis members. Then you can earn a potential return if Otis sells the underlying asset for more than the price it was dropped at, or you can sell your shares to other Otis members. Um, I was looking on there today. There's a couple things that are interesting. There's an X-Men number one issue comic out there, a comic book, number of the first issue of X-Men. And then there's a 1985 Air Jordan 1 collection, which looks very, very cool as well. So right now, Otis is offering a free investment share to listeners of this show. All you have to do is go to withotis.com slash tour. So withotis.com slash tour. Sign up to get your first share for free when you fund your account. That is withotis.com slash tour. W-I-T-H-O-T-I-S dot com slash tour. Appreciate Otis Wealth getting in on the TJ uh, crowd and, uh, you know, giving you, giving you guys and gals an opportunity to go and have a, have a, have a nibble of a LeBron James rookie card. You know, you can't buy the whole thing. Have a, have a, have a toenail of a LeBron James rookie card. You know, you feel like you got a little, feel like you got a little something of an LBJ rookie card. You know what I mean? Not Lyndon yeah. B. Johnson, but um, anyway, Otis wealth, appreciate him. Let's, let's get into this. Let's get into the picks. We're gonna go. We're gonna do DraftKings first. We're gonna do DFS. We're gonna do each price range. We're gonna give you three tournament plays or GPP plays that we like in the nine K and above range, along with a cash play and a fade in that range. So, Pat, I'll let you start. Okay. Well, I'm happy to start this week, uh, David Barnett, and I'm gonna start in the 10k range at the bottom there with mr harris english at 10-1 i love him this week you know we've seen him playing extremely well lately um you know had a good finish at uh at the rsm with a t6 um had kind of a disappointing round on saturday but brought it back on sunday and, and had a good round so it could have been right there in the end if it hadn't been for saturday i believe it's been two weeks but i think that's correct um but again, he's been playing really well lately. You look at the stats, I mean, he's 31st in driving accuracy. He's 18th in opportunities gained. He's seventh in birdie or better percentage. Checks the box also in ball striking and approach. Uh, you mentioned that he's won here before. You know, he did have a couple missed cuts after that. But, you know, whatever. I still think the way he's playing at such a different level as he was when, you know, when those miscuts happened between 2016 and 2018, it's a different player. He was fifth last year here. So I love Harris English this week and I will play him in tournaments. Also like Abraham Anser right below him at 9,900. He's another guy that's been in incredible form, um, has a really good history here with a top 10 in 2018, T21 and 19, and then a T8 last year. Um, you know, I, I think that he, he's another guy that just should play really well, very accurate off the tee. You know, he's, you know, Great checks putter. the box and birdie. Yeah, good putter, birdie or better percentage, all of that. And so, I wrote down I like, accuracy and putting, if you remember. Accuracy yes, and putting. you did. You mentioned that. Um, that's Abe answer. I will get, before I give you and my, that's why last, chalk. my last, Jill, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'll even yeah, a little yeah. bit of the I'm chalk just saying. Yeah. Um, uh, my last GPP play, I'll give in a minute, but my cash play is going to be Russell Henley at 9,300. Yep. Um, love him this week. I mean, he's fourth in the field in ball striking, first in approach, ninth in driving accuracy, 13th in opportunities gained. We've seen him in good form lately. I love Henley and cut cash at 9,300. Give you some savings there as well. So I will play him in cash. My fade's going to be Brooks Kepka at 11,000. Now, we've seen him play great. We saw him play fantastic at the Masters. Um, for the most part, except for the first day, he checks a ton of boxes here. He's literally in the top 10 in the field in every single stat I'm looking at, other than driving accuracy, where he's 104th in the field, which could get him into a little bit of trouble this week if he's taking a lot of drivers off the tee. But I also wonder if you're going to get vacation Brooks this week. I mean, he's in freaking, you know, resort place in Mexico with his, you know, beautiful the girlfriend. Is, the, the place is named after him. Playa del Carmen? It's literally yeah, I mean, like, named what is he, after him. Like, 
he's probably got duties and responsibilities. He's probably making an appearance here and there. He's got he's going to meet with the mayor and and shake some hands and kiss some babies. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then he's going to get COVID and get and drop out anyway. So, yikes! I don't know. If I don't I put that on him, but okay. I'm sorry. That's a little bit harsh. But anyway, I'm 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 going to fade Brooks this week. My last GPP play is a guy that we've kind of seen mixed results lately. And I wonder if that's going to make his ownership a little bit lower because we know he's a great ball striker. I mean, all the way around, he's got a fantastic game. Um, and that is Mr. Victor Hovland at 9,700. I like him this week. We saw him win at Puerto Rico on Paspalum as well. So I, I think that uh, – I think Victor is set up here to have a pretty good week. He's had, he's had some time off. He got to see all his rookie buds playing in the Masters, and he didn't get to play – um, so I am, uh, I'm a big fan of old Victor this week at 9,700. So there you go. Also apparently been working on some speed training. I've been noticing that if you follow him on, um, if you follow him on Instagram, he's been posting some, uh, some speed stuff, which is, you know, that's what, that's what the, that's what the, that's what the cool kids are doing these days is, uh, you know, trying to get, trying to get faster, trying to get, uh, you know, higher swing speeds and hit it further. And that's what, uh, that's what old Victor has been, been working on. So interesting stuff there. Okay. Well, there's definitely some agreement here. Uh, I will go ahead and say my cash play is also Russell Henley. Um, the $9,300 price tag for how he's playing is pretty safe in terms of where to start a 50, 50 or double up lineup in DFS. So I'll do that. I'll give you my fade. My fade is the top three names, Justin Brooks, Finau. I'll fade all three of them in this field. Yes, they are the cream of the crop in this field. Yes, I do like these guys. I mean, I, I was on Brooks for the Masters. I was on Finau for the Masters. Brooks let me, or Brooks did well. Finau let me down. But um, I just, you know, I don't know. I, this is where, this is one of those events where, and there's a few of these a year, where accuracy really does stand out. And you do truly have courses where guys are hitting it to a lot of the same places. And if that's the case, like, it doesn't matter if Brooks is hitting a, a, a three iron there and, you know, Shez Reeve is still hitting a driver there, Shez is just as accurate, but it just takes away the weapon, right? It, it, it takes away the weapon that JT and Brooks and Tony and some of these guys have, some of these long, long hitters. It just takes away a little bit of the, the oomph, you know what I mean? A little bit of what they got down there to, uh, to really brutalize the golf course. Now, maybe they, they, they do something different, you know, that we've not seen. Um, and I look, I look foolish, but, you know, I, I typically wouldn't pay up for the top guy anyway, um, which definitely bit me at the Masters with, D, with DJ. But although, no, he wasn't the top guy. I just He was chalk. So, anyway, um, I'm just not going to play the, the, those three. I think I'm going to keep it, keep it, you know, a little more balanced. Um, I like the 9K range a lot. Um, and I don't love – I don't really love the 6K range. Some of this kind of came – I was looking at, you know, um, uh, looking at JT, but then I, I get down to the 6K range, and I don't like the 6K as much. I like the mid-7s okay, but I don't love where my lineups start looking in terms of that 6K. So it's kind of dictated by what I have down there. Now, you know, maybe over the next couple of days, I find a couple of diamonds in the rough down there that I, hadn't, that I didn't find today. Uh, and that changes, but yeah, not a big fan. Well, I mean, My, the thing is, too, you look at the RSM. I mean, God, every freaking guy that did well was in the total 6K carnage. Range. Total carnage. Too. I agree. I actually had the same thought when I was down there, just digging around in the six K range. There wasn't a whole lot that I really loved. There's going to be some good, you know. There's plenty of names that are going to pop down there. It's just I don't feel great about many of them. Um, not as relative to how I normally feel about a few names in the six K. You know, most weeks there's a handful of names I really, really like. Um, I agree on your English play. Agree on your answer play. Um, answer was one for me. I'm going to eat the chalk with him in tournaments, and he is going to be chalky. Mexican, you know, uh, he's going to be the favorite here from from anyone watching down there in Mexico. Um, but accuracy and putting, that's Abraham answer. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Joaquin Neiman. His first event coming back mm -hmm. off of COVID. I like the upside that I get with Joaquin at 9,100. I think he's going to go a little bit under the radar. Doesn't have great history here. He's played twice, and he's kind of sucked. But he checks boxes. He, he's, you know, he's okay in the accuracy department, but scores a lot. Greens and reg, approach play and iron play has been really solid the last 24 rounds. Um, and, you know, 
he's been been playing pretty good. Actually, I tell you, I guess we did see him at the RSM. He finished 44th at the RSM. Um, sixth place at the CJ Cup, 13th at the Shriners. You know, so we know Joaquin can go low and, um, and can, you know, can come up and win a golf tournament. So I like that. I like that at 9,100. And I do think he's going to go a little under-owned in this 9K and above range. And, and so that leaves me also with our boy, Corey Connors, who, you know, has just been continuing to light it up despite not being a great putter, um, which he's the antithesis of great putter. But I do think he's improving. If you look over his last few events, he's putting the ball better than, than normal. And we heard, we heard that he had gotten some putting uh, coaching earlier this year that he felt like was going to turn around and click for him. And we've always said if that happens with Corey Connors, his ball striking is just so, so, so good. Um, he's riding a hot streak. He's playing really well. I think 9K is a great price for him, and it lets me fit in a little more balanced build. So I'll go, uh, I'll go answer and eat that chalk, and then I'll go Neiman and Connors and maybe get a little leverage in this 9K and above range. 8K range, I'm not crazy about. Um, it's okay. Uh, I'll tell you my fade is going to be Carlos Ortiz. I think Ortiz is kind of – is just very overpriced. Coming off the win at the Houston, um, there's, the, there's the Hispanic angle that you can play with Carlos Ortiz, and, and maybe, maybe, he, maybe he'll play well here at Playa del Carmen. But I just don't – I don't love uh, – I really don't love the price here. Yes, he had a runner-up here last year, but before that, nothing really to write home about. You know, and his win at Houston, he gained six shot, six strokes putting, which isn't – I mean, that's definitely an anomaly for Carlos Ortiz. I mean, he hasn't gained six strokes putting in uh, – uh, almost did it in 2018 at the Sanderson Farm, so two years ago. Um, just doesn't happen very often for him. And before that, his form was pretty terrible. 35th and 48th at the Zozo and CJ Cup that were both not uh, – no cut events two missed cuts before that I mean his last top 10 before the Houston Open was this tournament last year runner-up I, I just I don't love the price for that kind of form and consistency out of Carlos Ortiz I'll pass my cash play is going to be the boy I've been riding in cash for a couple of weeks now and that's Emiliano Grillo 18th at the RSM played well at the Bermuda played well at Sanderson Farms a couple comp courses here great ball striker we know it's all about the putter for him um, but I feel good about the, you know, the safety and at least the top 20 upside that I get with Emiliano Grillo at 8,300. If the putter could get average, he could win this thing, like legitimately win it. Um, so I like, I like Grillo and cash at, uh, at 8,300. Then in tournaments, I'm going with Kazire and I'm going with Joel Damon. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I love the putting for Kazire. Um, Love his form, too, coming off a 10th at the RSM, 11th at the Houston. He is rounding into some nice form, and he can score. He's eighth in this – sorry, sixth in this field in the last 24 rounds, and birdies are better. The dude can score when he's on, and he's on right now. So 8K to me is a great price for him, and 8K is a good price for Joel as well. He didn't play that great at the RSM, but we told the people in the nut hut, you know, Joel, first event back, I don't know. Now, granted, he had Thanksgiving last week, so he obviously – didn't wasn't playing an event last week, but I, I still think he wants to take advantage of this final week in Mayakoba, get the FedEx Cup points that he can get, and then take a nice long break. Um, now, if he's if he's not in it over the weekend, like even if he makes a cut and he's not really in it, good God, like Joel's probably going to be like, get me the hell out of here. But um, I like the upside for Joel here at eight thousand. I think that's a good price. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> Okay, outside of Joel and your fate of Ortiz and Kazire, what were your other ones? I wasn't paying attention. Oh, thanks. My fade was Ortiz. My cash yeah, was Grillo. Okay. My tournament was Kazire and Joel. Okay, that was what I was wondering is if you had talked about Grillo because I have him as my cash as well, so there we I go. don't need to go on about that. I agree with you there. Um and I had Joel as one of my, my GPP plays. I, I just think I like him this week. I think it's a good course for him. And so, uh, yeah, I like him at 8,000. Kazire, when you mentioned him, I wondered if you were in the wrong you, – you went to the 7K range without me knowing. But I guess he is at 8,000. He's right at 8K. I, 
I don't mind it. Former you know, winner in good form. He's priced at 8K. It is what it is. Okay. All right. Um, it's okay. Um, my last, though, GPP play is – and this is – I, I got to put the alert symbols up because everybody will start going nuts because he doesn't check any boxes whatsoever. Mm. Uh, so this is a gut play for sure, but that is Mark Leishman at 8,700. He's a guy that was playing absolutely incredible before the, the whole break hit. You know, he won – a tournament he finished second at the Arnold Palmer and he was right there just doing well and things kind of you know just he didn't play that that well right after the the break but you know we saw him finish really well at the Masters uh, a couple weeks ago with a T13 so the game could be coming around here and so I think Leachman on a course like this it's not particularly long um, I think he has a great chance to do well I think he'll be low owned because you know folks will look at you know some stats for, for him and the form hasn't been all that great. So I like Leishman at 8,700. So he, he surprised be... a lot of people at the masters. I mean, even though he always plays well at the masters, the form was so bad going into Augusta, if I remember correctly. Um, Not yeah, great was, at all. I mean, he, he wasn't was like bad. terrible. I mean, I don't think he was missing a whole lot of cuts, but he was, well, he played in having... three non cut events before that. And he almost yeah. finished DFL in every one of them. Yeah, so, well, there you go. So, he was um, pretty, pretty terrible. My fade, though, is Billy Horschel at 8,800. 8, 8, Just not a fan of him this week. He hadn't been playing that great. I mean, you look at – he was – you're talking about almost dead last. He was 69th at the Zozo. He was 28th. Leishman was 70th at the Zozo. <laughs> That's what I, I – don't, I don't care. You can have a different feeling about a guy. <laughs> But I just no, I don't mean, like Billy Horsell this way. I think, I think <laughs> Horsell will be way higher owned than Leishman will, for one. And so I, I, I don't think know if either one of them are going to be that high owned, but I, yeah. I, think I, I, do think, I do think Horsell will be higher, but I don't think either one of them will be up there a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, you know, if, if I have a gut feeling about Leishman, I have the same gut feeling that Horsell is going to just shit the bed this week. <laughs> okay. There you is go. Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Man, I'm gonna need to drink some water after this. Um, I can tell the 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 wild leaf's getting to me a little bit. But we have a we have you a. Want to get some uh, red stripe? Maybe a, a red stripe? Good God, no! Those of you <laughs> who watch the Danny Woodhead podcast, that that you'll the red stripe thing will make sense. Uh, no, I want to get some hydrant, man. Some hydrant, which is Ooh. now our go-to for just daily hydration, but also recovering from a possible hangover or preventing a possible hangover because drinking enough water is critical to a healthy lifestyle. It increases your brain power and energy and productivity and helps you focus, prevents headaches, helps digestion. It improves your skin and your mood, Pat, which you need a lot of. So, uh, you know, when you're dehydrated, you can't concentrate. Like Pat can't concentrate on my picks. You feel tired. Uh, so it's easy to get off track, but Hydrant helps you hydrate faster. It's refreshing, scientifically balanced powder that you mix with water. To hydrate quickly, it helps you stay hydrated longer with water, more than, than just water alone. It's got four key electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, made with real fruit juice powder and no artificial sweeteners or colors, no nonsense, all science. Bryson would love it. Delicious and refreshing flavors like blood orange, lime, and grapefruit, blood orange, my absolute favorite. I love anything blood orange. There's a bar down the street that has a blood orange margarita. Incredible. I drink a hydrant blood orange before that. I'll, it'll be the best. You and they have blood flavors. Orange at the, at like your normal grocery store. I never had, I don't know if I've ever had a blood orange. I don't think so. I've never seen one. Um, you got to try for yourself. See what we're talking about. It tastes incredible. It works. It's backed by a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, you can send it back and get a full refund. About to call some action here, Pat. Get ready. I'm going to call some action for the people. All you got to do, we've got a special offer for our listeners to try Hydrant with a free five-pack. You just pay $4.99 for shipping and handling. And to get in on this deal, you go to drinkhydrant.com slash tourjunkies. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T.com slash tourjunkies to try it free. Hydrant, where water meets wellness. Drink Hydrant dot com slash tour junkies drink hydrant dot com slash tour junkies i've been waiting for you know a hydration assistance place to get on board with our podcast to help me feel better on tuesday mornings yeah now it's, I, it's i'm happy uh, about it it's good stuff i've already tried it it's fantastic i felt really hydrated yeah 
yeah. um, after many, many drinks. Yes, same. Um, all right, let's get into the 7K range in DFS. There's a few names here I really, really like. The first one is at the top of the range, and that is Mr. Scott Piercy. I was on Scott for the RSM. He played pretty good. Um, Piercy's got a good record here. I mean, last, last four times he's played here, T26, T6, T4, T16 in his last four appearances. Checks the box in fairways, strokes in approach, birdie or better. Um, I'm really liking Piercy right now, and the form is good with three top 20s in his last four tournaments. 7,900, I feel like that's a really good value for Scott Piercy. The next name does scare me a little bit. It's been some time since I have played this person. And typically, I mean, his, his reputation is that he will drive you B-A-N-A-N-A-S. No, um, you are not going here because I was going to go here, and I know exactly who you're about to say. And if I'm wrong – I'm not going to eat paper again, but I'll like, I don't know, I'll chug a beer on the show or something, but I know where you're going here. I, 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 I can't I believe you're to, about to go this, this, I, I, I don't even think I've mentioned his name all year long. In I don't know that I've mentioned him. I don't know that I've mentioned him either. I, I tried to get off of him, but the upside is too good. And it's Keegan Bradley. Oh God, I knew it. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Keegan, mother effing Bradley. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I don't know. Why, why are we? Um, well, I'll tell you why. 18th in the field in fairways gained. Second in the field in strokes gained approach. 15th in the field in greens and regulation gained in the last 24 rounds. Played in this tournament three times. Missed the cut last year. Finished 15th and 8th back in 2017 and 2016 when he played it before. He's coming off a T15 finish at the RSM, a T4 at the Sanderson not too long ago. The thing with Keegan is he's got a high floor, I mean a high ceiling, and a low, low, low floor. Um, you know, miscuts sprinkled in here. I mean, he just can't seem to rattle off good finishes in a row. But he's gained strokes with his irons since in every event since the Northern Trust back in August. So that's two, four, six, eight events in a row. He's been in the positive with strokes gain approach, and most of that uh, over two to three shots, four shots. Um, you know, he's and I actually even looked at this too. I, I was like, you know what? I bet he's, I bet he's uh, he's hitting it long, but I bet he's not hitting a lot of fairways. Well, then I go look and I look, see his fairways. He's he's killing it in the fairways gain department. He's very he's been very accurate. Um, I mean, seven fairways gained in at the RSM uh, was gained in fairways when he was missing cuts. Gained nine at the Sanderson. Like he's he's found some accuracy <clears throat> off the tee. So <coughs> excuse me, I get choked up just thinking about having to play his ass. <laughs> you're so you're that I would be choked up too. Uh, but again, I can't quit the upside of him right now. He he could use the FedEx Cup points. I don't know. It's it's weird, but it is what it is. I I had the same thoughts. Like I didn't even want to talk. I mean, I as I was writing why I liked him, and I, I was writing it down. I would just like if I were you in that situation when I started mouth. talking about him, I would have just not said that I was going to play him. I would have let you do it. And then I would have just not said anything, and then I would have played him. And then if he sucked, I would have told you you're an idiot the next week. I I, don't, I would not yeah, have confessed that a, to that. That's see, if now just I know one of us are on strategies in the show. Like you have these. I'm talking about with players like Keegan. Strategies. I, if one of us are on it off of a player that I mentioned. Well, if one of us are on Keegan or a player like Keegan, you know that's enough. That 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 is enough. We don't both that's need too, to be. Yeah. On. We don't, but I I wrote them down. I'm, what, <sighs> I have to. I'm beholden to what I just wrote down. Ooh, good. Uh, all right, so I'm going Piercy Keegan, and then another name that I haven't said in a while, but I'm trying to give you a little. I'm trying to give you a little something different here. And again, I'm thinking upside here. I think high ceiling, low floor tournament play, seventy two hundred dollars is going to give you a lot of ownership leverage. Maverick McNeely, uh, who if you look over his last five events, miscut at the RSM, 
T20, T21, miscut, T17 over his last five events. Now, Maverick, one of the best putters in the field, typically. So, you know, we'll see what he can do. Hasn't been doing well with the putter lately, but um, over his, you know, 44 events measured on the PGA Tour uh, within Fantasy National, he's, he's one of the better putters in this field. He's, you know, he's a young guy. He's motivated. He definitely could use some points. He could use some, uh, some status some status upgrades. Um, he's a longer hitter. He's not super accurate with the driver. Hopefully he, hopefully Maverick uh, takes a lot less than driver here this week. And he just hits some fairways with his irons and he goes from there. But I just like the upside and the low ownership and the putting out of Maverick McNeely. My cash play and, uh, I, you know, you could play him in tournaments for sure at 7,400 is Doug Gim. What can you say about Doug Gim? Ever since I cursed Doug Gim a few weeks ago, he's been on fire. Absolute great form. Um, no record here, but great form and checks literally all the boxes. Fairways, approach, greens and reg, around the green, birdie or better, all of it in the last 24 rounds. 7,400, I think you can roll with Doug Gim in cash. He's another one that wants – a status upgrade needs to get to to the next level come January. What can you say about Doug Gim? And God, then my you hated you hated my Doug Gim play at the Vermita. You just I did, absolutely. but 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 I will say this: I came around on him right after that. Like it didn't take me yeah. weeks to come around on him. You know, I, I I said it that one time, wasn't on it, made fun of you for it. He played great, and then I came around, and then he's played great since. I've been on him since. He's he's been good. Uh, I appreciate that. I feel like that was somewhat of a um, props thank to you. me. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. You, you you were early on him. I made fun of you, but then I got on real quick. I got on the gym train real quick. My fate is going to be a, a guy I hate to fade. It's Sepp Straka. $7,600. I love Sepp, but mm. like I mentioned with some of the names up top, you know, a course that just demands accuracy and everybody playing to the same spots you just take the weapon of driver out of Sepp's hand and you take, you take, you know, you take an extra par five out of his, you know, out of the, the golf course being a par 71. I just, um, I don't like Sepp. His driving accuracy is very bad. He's a hundredth and around the green play. He's not a great scrambler. Not, doesn't, doesn't get up and down very often. He does score a lot, which is good. The irons are sharp, but I don't love Sepp here in terms of just taking away that driver Taking away that extra par five, he can go low on. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, played here last year, missed the cut. I don't think this place is built for Seth Straka. So, there you go. All right, so we have a little more agreement, too, down here. Um, I was with you on Keegan. Obviously, we, we talked about that. Um, I'm with you on Doug Yum. So, both of those guys were actually GPP plays for me. Um, my other GPP play and a cash play and I, is Adam Long. It's 7,800. I think he's he's another guy who's been in, you know, he's been in pretty good form. Um, we talked about, you know, if you look at the, you know, at, at the stats for him, um, he is, hang on, let's see, he's 15th in the field in driving accuracy, checks the box and opportunities gained. So two stats that I like. Now, you know, his approach and ball striking leaves a little bit to be desired. But again, I like his form. Um, you know, you look at the tournament history here. He had a second place finish in his first start here last year. So I like Adam Long at 7,800. And I think he can play him in cash as well. I mean, he's just a good, solid player. I don't mind the Doug Gim play. I think I like Adam Long a little bit more in cash. Um, but either way, that's who I like there. And then my fate is going to be HV3. Now, he checks a lot of boxes other than driving accuracy. But I think he's going to get pretty high ownership. He's, you know, he's got a good history here. He had a T5 in 2016, followed that up with a miscut. Then he had a T6 in 2019, followed that up with a T58. He's just been so inconsistent lately. That's the thing about HV3 that, you know, and I love him. And I think he, he can definitely score when he's on. Um, but I just feel like we're, we're in for a little bit of a disappointing week from him. So, and, and then I think his ownership will be pretty high in this 7K range. So I will fade some HV3. That said, I'm going to let you start the 6K range. i got to go make a quick refill, and I'll be right back. All right, 6K range, pretty straightforward for me. Um, I'm going to go Wesley Bryan. 
we've already talked about accuracy putting. That is Wesley Bryan. I know that he pulled into Mayakoba early on Sunday to get ready, get prepared. You know, he doesn't have a lot of status. He's still working off of major medical. He's got to take advantage of the starts that he gets. So I like that here. He's third in this field in his last 24 rounds in approach, 23rd in greens and reg, you know, finished 12th at the Sanderson. That's, that's some upside for Wesley Bryan. So at 6,600, I like the upside there. Right there with him at 6,600, also like J.J. Spawn. Um, I think he's got some upside here as well. Finished third here in 2019, 14th the year before that. He's got a good record here. Didn't play great last year, but a pretty good record here. Good ball striker. I like J.J. Spawn. I think he's going to be pretty low owned as well. Um, I'm going to go back to the well with, uh, with Hank Lebiota. I, I know I tend to get on Hank a good bit, but, uh, and he, he, he missed the cut at the RSM. He missed the cut here the last year. He's a great scrambler. Iron play is good. Um, and he does have upside. I, I swear he has upside. He has top 20 upside in this field. He did it at, the, at Bermuda. He nearly did it at Corrales with a T21. 6,400, really cheap for this guy. And then finally, this is a weird one. I don't know that I've ever picked – I don't know that I've ever in my life picked Bo Hogue. But dadgummit, if Bo Hogue, if Bo Hogue didn't show up at 6,200 when I was doing my research, you know, he's, a, he's an okay, accurate guy. He's not super wild. Um, greens and regs have been pretty good. He's a great – really good scrambler, 10th in the field and around the green play. Uh, finished 30th, his last event out at the RSM. Uh, coming off of a bunch of missed cuts before that. Finished 20th here last year. Um, he's a good putter. You know, in general, putting is is what he does best. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Bo Hogue, I think uh, also a, a really accurate driver of the golf ball. So he gains a lot of strokes with accuracy, gains a lot of strokes with the, uh, uh, with the flat stick. So 6,200, I think Bo gives you top 25, top 30 upside it you know uh so yeah there you go maybe a single entry small tournament play you go bohog but wesley bryan and jj spawn are probably my two favorites in this field in this range wow i didn't i didn't expect a bohog to be thrown out there i'm trying to get a little you know a little frisky last tournament of the year try to get a little frisky with it yeah i mean i don't mind it um yeah, I mean, I think a couple guys down here that I that I thought just sort of popped for me. I think Ryan Armour makes a little bit of sense there. At I, yeah, I noticed him too. A guy that's played well here in the past. Check, he's, you know, we know he's an active driver. You don't even have, I don't even have to mention that. Um, he's 30th in the field though, in opportunities gained. He's 32nd in approach. So I think Ryan Armour will will be a good play. Another guy, another, and I think there's a lot of guys down here that you can just have a little bit of a gut feel about. I like Roger Sloan at 66 or 6700. Mm. He's a guy that we've seen, you know, that can score. Um, I thought I saw he had a decent history here, but I could be. Oh no, he doesn't. He has a shitty history here. He's missed two cuts. <laughs> I don't know about Roger Sloan. Maybe not play. Maybe don't play Roger Sloan. Oh, Pat's course history can't just can't let him do it. Can't pull the trigger. Yeah, on the, it. the 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 CH isn't isn't all that great for him. Hmm. Um, I did another guy. I did I like the JJ Spawn play. I thought that was that was one that was you know a pretty good play there. Um, the thing about this six K range, and you were talking about how you didn't really like it earlier is that not a whole lot of guys here are in that great of form. And that's like one of the things I'm, I'm just was looking at. I'm, just nobody really just jumps out at you. I mean, they're, they're just they're, – I mean, and that's what you're going to see usually in a 6K range. But at least sometimes you get a few guys that are like – have made like four or five cuts in a row. They just haven't done anything. But you don't – you haven't – just don't really see a whole lot of that here. But um, what do you do with the amateur Ogletree? Do you think you even look at playing him after, you know, a solid finish at the Masters? Um, it's his first pro event, you know, as a, as a pro. Do you think Ogletree could, um, you know, pull something like a Will Gordon, like a Taco Supreme, Will Gordon, and, and play really well in his, his first few events? Or, or any he... of these other rookies that we've had, you know, like Morikawa and whoever else, you know, Wolf. I think you, I think you could. Um... I think you could. I think you could. Uh, I think you have a good week. I, I don't know that I'll play him a lot, but or at all. But I think you could if if you're going to play a guy like that. He's obviously confident coming off a good Masters finish. I think playing him at a course 
like this where it's a birdie fest is probably best um just because those young guys playing college events i mean you you gotta you know you gotta come out aggressive you know making birdies although clearly at augusta he did really well at just managing his game and, and picking his spots but um talented player for sure i think he could i mean i'd rather have him than a lot of names down here i just don't know that i will it i will end up landing on him i, I don't know about that yeah um anyway that's about all i have okay good stuff well let's get let's talk a little sports betting let's look at some early odds here for the mayakoba golf classic from el Camillion. Uh, outrights are out right now as we're recording this. Top 20s, I got a few of those. Uh, where are you going to start, Pat? Where are you going to start the uh, – your? Wh wh who's the shortest number that you're looking at? I bet I know. Well, I think that um, I like Abraham Answer. It's yeah. 22 to 1. That's where yep. he is on um, – he is on uh, – he's actually 18 to 1 on points bet, but he's 22 to 1 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I think that makes a lot of sense there. Um, we didn't mention him on the pod, but a guy that's just been playing absolute fantastic golf. If you want to play a shorter odds guy, I like, you know, getting Daniel Berger also 22 to one. Um, haven't seen him lately. Didn't get to play in the masters, but I still think that's a pretty good number for him. Uh, and then also up there, I would say Victor Hovland, uh, at 25. So those are the three in the shortest odds area that I really I like the Abe call. I mean, that's as short as I'd go at 22 to one, obviously this being a course rewarding accuracy and putting Abe answer. He's Mexican. He's accurate. And the boy can putt, you know, it's the trifecta for El Chameleon. So if he had a huge dong like course designer, Greg Norman, that would be the fourth, that would be the fourth part of the not trifecta. Cause that would be, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Abe answer 22 to one. Connors and Neiman, two names I mentioned in DFS, are both 35 to 1. I, the win equity alone, I mean, Abe Answer's not won a PJ Tour event before. You know, Connors and Neiman have. And so you give me guys that are deadly ball strikers. Um, neither one of them probably is good a putters as, as good a putter as Abe Answer, but as good a ball striker and have actually won golf tournaments on the PJ Tour. Connors and Neiman, I think are interesting. And both arrive in equally great form. I mean, Connors probably the best, but Neiman in good form as well. And then kind of in that mid-range, there's a lot of names here that kind of get my attention. You mentioned him on the on the DFS side, Mark Leishman at 55 to 1. I, I don't know if I'll end up actually pulling the trigger on Leash just because I mean, yes, it was encouraging to see him play better at Augusta, but Augusta's a place that rewards familiarity and, and, and history, which Leishman has a lot of, and he's always played it well. And sometimes that can mask poor form, um, which he has been in poor form prior to that. So I don't know that I don't know that I necessarily see him jumping up and winning this golf tournament after that, but 55 to one in a week, you know, if I'd have told you in the spring, Mark Leishman's going to be 55 to one to win the OHL or, or not the OHL, the Mayakoba. That's a big number for a name like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, a couple names in that range as well. These are better values on PointsBet, which if you sign up for PointsBet, if they're legal in your state, you can check that out. Go to PointsBet.com. Uh, use promo code TJ250. Get a deposit bonus there. Um, but Harmon, who we did not talk about in DFS, and then Joel Damon, who we talked about, both at 60 to 1. You know, Harmon – Pretty poor record here, but in great form and should play well here. You know, he's an accurate player. He's a great putter. There's no reason he should not play well here. He, I, I see him as a guy who could go from poor course record here, course history, to winning. Um, so 60 to 1, I like that. And then Joel, we, we talked about him earlier. You know, not maybe not as a ton of win equity with Joel, because he, he can't seem to close the door on one or even find himself late on a Sunday lately, but it's a weak field. It suits his game. He doesn't have to overpower the golf course. I don't mind the number. What are some intermediate kind of numbers there you like? So I had, um, I had Joel written down. I had Leishman written down. 
I think Grillo at 50 to one is another guy in that range that's that's also pretty good, um, pretty good bet this week. Um, you know, I liked you know Sebastian Munoz, a, a guy that I've been on. I just can't, you know, I don't necessarily know if I, I like him a ton in in DFS. From an ownership standpoint, we'll see where he is, but um, he's just been in great form. He's at 66 to one in that range. I think that's pretty good for him. I, you know, we talked about Keegan. You know, he's at 70 to one. I, I think those are, are pretty good numbers there. Um, Adam Long, if we're getting into that 100, and he's 70 to one. If we're getting into that 100 to one range, and then we can talk more long shots. You know, a guy like Denny McCarthy coming off of a missed mm-hmm. cut at the RSM. And you're getting him at 100 yeah. to one. I mean, I think that's a really good number there. Another for, accurate for, player with a great flat stick. Yeah. So I like him as well. And then I, you know, I'll let you start if we as we get into the, as, you know, we're in long shot season here. So. Well, there's a couple more. I mean, I like Kazire at 70 to one. Former winner here, great putter, great form. I like Piercy at 80 to one. Um, great record here, great form, ball striker, just, you know, he, he, it all is going to come down to the putter for him. Um, I had McCarthy written down, love that play. Um, I, I like Doug Gim at 125 to one. Like, yeah. again, a young, a young guy that needs to jump up the next status level on the tour. This is his last shot at doing so. He's getting limited starts. He's in here because of a withdrawal. He was an alternate. So, I mean, he has to take advantage of his spots, and he's been doing that in the fall, and he's got the game. So, Doug Gimmett, 125 to 1 is interesting. Then I get into some real bombs here. Um, <clears throat> on points bet, JJ Spawn is 250 to 1. You know, JJ, known ball striker, decent form. Um, he was one that a couple years ago, coming off the web.com, we all thought was going to be a, a staple on the tour. Ball striking is just so, so good. So he seemed to have found a little something here lately at 250. I think that's a good number. And then I talked about him in DFS. I like him a lot. But Wesley Bryant at 300 to 1 is a big, big, big number for a PGA Tour winner at Harbortown, <clears throat> another short course that rewards accuracy and putting. He's been here since Sunday, been, been in Mexico since Sunday, grinding it out. Also unlimited starts with a major medical. Love him at 300 to one. I think that's a big number for him. If you can find an each way number on him, like a five way or eight way each way, I think that'd be great. Um, and then a name you mentioned in DFS, but I just see on the betting board and think, okay, well, this guy's won on the PJ tour in the last year too. Uh, and, and he almost won a couple weeks back, Ryan armor at 300 to one short knocking, accurate, bald headed Ryan armor. But damn, if he doesn't find a, find a Sunday late charge like once a year, and this could be the, the type of course that happens. So 300 to 1, I think, is a big number for him. I'm looking at super bombs. I do have a few top 20s. Do you have any more bets? No, that's pretty much it. I was with you on Doug Yim at 125 to 1. I, you know, I think, you know, Camilo Vajegas at 175 to 1 could be an interesting play. I mean, it's, it's a, obviously, you're not going to put a ton of units on him, but he played well at the RSM. I yeah. talked him up at the Bermuda, and you hated – or I can't remember if that was in the chat or what, on the Nut Hut chat, but um, he didn't – he did make the cut. But he didn't I think you're making this great. up. But he played well at Darson, so there you go. Uh, a few okay. top 20s. Um, Wesley Bryan, who I just mentioned, is 8-1 to one as a top 20. Really like that. Uh, J.J. Spawn, who I mentioned, 7.5-1. to one. Love both of those. Uh, Henrik Norlander. We've not talked about Henrik. He's five to one for a top. This is his first event since COVID, right? This is his first event back since COVID. He he got tossed out of the RSM. Tremendous ball striker. It's just all about the flat stick for him. So it does his, his winning upside. I don't really think is there. Like it would have been at maybe the RSM. He's more comfortable on, on Bermuda surfaces, but, um, you know, I think the putter may hold him back from winning, but I do like the, I, I do like the top 20 number at five to one. Doug Gim is four and a half to one as a top 20. And Denny McCarthy is three and a half to one in a top 20. So if you're a little more conservative in terms of your bets and you like to play it a little safer, you know, risk a, you know, risk a half a unit, you know, on some top 20s, you know, you want to do that. I, I think McCarthy, Gim, Norlander, 
those are some good kind of mid-range top 20 numbers I think are interesting. But actually my favorite one, I mean, I think the best values are Brian and Spawn at, uh, yeah, at 8 to 1 and 7 and a half to 1. I think those are pretty good. So, okay. Good, good stuff. stuff. I think that buttons us up, Pat, for 2020 tournament previews. That's it, man. We're not going to be here for the PNC Father Son Challenge or whatever's going on there. We're just going to bring you some good interviews between now and uh, the first event back of the year, the Century Tournament of Champions in January. Um, so stay tuned for some nice interviews between now and then. Check out the, uh, you know, we're going to have written content up this week on tourjunkies.com. I'll have my betting card out. Uh, we'll have some good stuff up on the website. We'll obviously, can't wait to see everybody in the Nut Hut. Hope to get in the Nut Hut and get that going. That's going to be popping on Wednesday night. Yeah, I think that's it, man. You got anything else? You good? No, I'm good. Uh, looking forward to finishing up strong this week. I started it off with a with a good, uh, you know, good little hit last night, and uh, ready yeah. to uh, let's, let's finish strong here. This and and then you know, get rejuvenated for 2021, which I know a lot of people are ready for 2020 to be over, and let's just move on to 2021 anyway. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, like, and subscribe. A five-star review on Apple Podcasts would be also much appreciated. Yeah, we appreciate it. My Coba, may your screens be green. Tour junkies. See ya. Out.